Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Remembering the victims, honoring the survivors, reflecting on 514. This is a special edition of the 930 and 716 podcast from WBEN. I'm Tim Wenger. We continue our special podcast series from the WBEN.com newsroom as I sit down one-on-one with Mayor Byron Brown. 514 will be forever ingrained in his mind and, of course, is front and center at this challenging one-year mark as he looks back. I remember how beautiful the day was. Uh, Sunny, warm, people out enjoying themselves, having a great time. And with just one call to his phone, the day's beauty transformed into chilling horror. And when I got a call from the police commissioner about the shooting, shock. Uh, So started out as a beautiful day, then shock, anger, pain, sorrow. In the coming hours and subsequent days, Mayor Brown was the face of the community. He was the first person to address the community through a media briefing, and he represented Buffalo as a national media shifted its attention to Buffalo, the place where it had happened again. I was hurting, but I knew it was important to keep our community together, uh, to let the community know that it was understood that we were all hurting, that we were all in pain, that we were all angry, and that by staying together, we would get through it some way. It was hard to think, I would imagine, further than just the moment. Um, And we've come so far a year later. Um, So much has happened. So much has been decided upon. A lot has not. Um, I would imagine it was hard that day to just see past the immediate moment and the tragedy and the grief on the face of so many people. It was hard that day. It was important to let the community know what we knew as soon as we knew it, to communicate uh, clearly, uh, to uh, communicate with the sensitivity uh, that was required for a horrible event like that, and to let people know that our community is strong, we're re- resilient, we're, we're loving, 
And through this pain and tragedy, we had to continue uh, to be that way. Is, is uh, myself and the others from our, our staff who were on site that day uh, began to learn very quickly that this was uh, a racially motivated crime. Um, there was so much anger, there is so much anger in the community. Is that anger working in a positive way today? That anger has been funneled into positive activities. When you look at the work that um, the families of those whose lives were taken are doing, talking about um, uh, white supremacy and what needs to be done uh, to um, uh, eliminate that, talking about uh, hate and that we have to bring people together in love, talking about sensible gun reform, talking about not uh, letting um, hateful messages of all types, of any type, spread on the internet, I think that anger has been in many ways turned into positive actions. Uh, the actions of the family members of those whose lives were taken in 514, in my estimation, have been nothing short of heroic. What is your message to, you know, to that community specifically? Um, obviously, there's a message to the entire city of Buffalo, but that community, I, I learned very quickly, it's a close-knit community. It's a, a, a community with families, and um, they shop locally. They, they live and work in that area. Um, what is your message to the people in the Jefferson community today versus perhaps what it might have been a year ago? The, the message is that the racially motivated mass shooting of 514 won't define our community. Uh, it was done to break a community, uh, to break the black community, to take as many black lives as possible. But what defines us is how uh, the community stays together, uh, how the community works through it, and how the community works together to make the community stronger than ever before. What do you want to see come out of this? Um, it, it's hard to even, you know, ask this question, you know, like what good can come of this? Because clearly this is a, a horrific um, event that we speak of. But if, if something good can come of this down the road a year later and years to come, what, what is that? It might not be one thing. 514 the COVID pandemic, uh, the horrific death of George Floyd exposed a lot of inequities in American society, uh, health inequities, uh, economic inequities. Uh, what I hope will come out of it uh, is a stronger East Buffalo. Uh, a lot of money has been uh, promised to come into the community from the federal government, the state government, uh, the city government want to make sure that that money is used strategically, uh, that not only does it build roads and, uh, and other infrastructure, but that it also helps to build people and gives people the, the resources, the tools, the training uh, to uh, better provide for themselves, uh, to... Um, to be the authors 
of their own story. And so that is what I hope, to see a transformed East Buffalo, uh, a stronger East Buffalo, um, an East Buffalo uh, that people will come to uh, and not see uh, inequity, but will come to and see hope. In the days following 514, uh, I, I read, watched, listened to a lot of coverage, and uh, it hurt me to to hear Buffalo described as a segregated community. Um, has that improved? How did you feel when you heard national media, for example, say this occurred in a segregated community? Uh, segregation is age old in America. Uh, there are a lot of segregated communities all across America. Uh, I would say that uh, East Buffalo is a very desirable community. Uh, a lot of people of different backgrounds uh, buying homes and properties, making the decision to live in East Buffalo. Uh, people that live in East Buffalo, uh, young people who are getting uh, their educations that grew up in that community are able to live anywhere they want to live. Uh, so there is mobility. Uh, and while uh, segregation is a national phenomenon, People of all backgrounds are moving in, uh, and people who live in East Buffalo, many of them have the resources to move out if they choose to. Where do you think we're at as a, as a city right now with regard to racial equity? Are we further along than we were a year ago? During my State of the City address where I released the city budget for 2023-2024, I said we needed to have a real conversation and real action in this community about racial equity. We have these moments of tragedy, 514, uh, the pandemic, George Floyd, where everyone is concerned about racial equity uh, and improving life circumstances for all people. Those feelings can't be fleeting. They just can't be around moments of, of tragedy. Those feelings about lifting everybody up, uh, about racial equity, have to be ongoing. They have to be intentional. Uh, and I think there are more people feeling intentional about helping to produce real, real change. Grieving underway, funerals being held, a presidential visit, a food desert addressed. And the mayor stood firm in insisting the Tops Market on Jefferson Avenue needed to reopen. I am happy about that decision uh, for the store to reopen. I understand uh, those in the community who were concerned about it reopening. Um, uh, those in the community who don't feel comfortable coming back into the store uh, because of the tragedy that occurred there, uh, the mass murder of precious members of the community that occurred there. Uh, but that store was an incredible resource uh, to many in the community. And to bring that store to the community uh, was hard fought. Um, uh, that store uh, is 
uh, now um, 20 years old, uh, and I was one of those that was on the front lines of the work to bring that store to Jefferson Avenue. Uh, I was a city council member for the Maston District at, at that time, and I was the lead person for the community on um, getting that store located in the, in the community. When I go there now, I'm very pleased to see uh, the vast amount of resources that TOPS has put into the store. It's completely transformed. It looks like a different place. Uh, it is now, I would say, one of the nice, nicest looking stores in the entire TOPS franchise. Uh, it is a store that has new product offerings and new opportunities. So I am happy that it opened and looking at the hundreds, if not thousands of people that shop there every week, uh, it's clear to me that it was the right decision. As we walk toward this, uh, this commemorative date, this, this date that we mark on, on the 14th. You're, you're spending time speaking with the media, like myself. You're also spending time speaking with national media. And uh, you've spent a great deal of your administration building up Buffalo, economically, socially. Um, and then this horrific event occurs. Um, just your thoughts on that. What are you telling the nation via perhaps these national uh, storytellers about Buffalo. I tell the nation that Buffalo is a strong, resilient city. Uh, what was intended to break us is actually helping to build us. Um, in many ways, while we are still hurting and healing, uh, we are getting stronger. Uh, and in the future, uh, this community and East Buffalo will be stronger than ever before. Talk to me a little bit about this, the weeks, I suppose, I almost said the past year, but you, you went to countless funerals. Um, very difficult. You met the families. Some of them you knew, some of them you now know. Um, what do you take away from, from meeting the, the, the victims' families and now knowing them personally? Uh, the those whose lives were taken were pretty amazing people. They were they were good people. They were precious lives. Uh, the families, their families, are good people. Uh, they are strong people. Uh, they have kept going uh, through the pain, the anger, and the tears, pushing for change, not just for themselves uh, and for their community, but for our nation. Uh, after 514, we were praying that that would never happen again to other people or to another community. And in 2022, there were hundreds more mass shootings in the United States of America. Uh, this year, in 2023, there have already been more mass shootings than there have been days in the year. The families have never stopped talking about these issues. Uh, they have been constantly out there working for sensible gun reform. 
are working f to rein in the internet so it can't be used to radicalize people. They have been working to um, uh, curb white supremacy uh, so other people will not be hurt by this hateful ideology. So what I think about is the strength of the families, uh, the energy of the families in spite of the pain, and that energizes me uh, to, to do more every day, to work hard ev every day. And I think that's the kind of spirit uh, we need to bring the kind of changes that are needed in this country. Uh, there are some uh, that turn away from the death and destruction that guns are bringing uh, to communities across this country every single day. Uh, these families and other families who have suffered through senseless gun violence are saying, no, that cannot be the case. This is the United States of America. We have to do better. The man responsible for the racially motivated attacks was sentenced to life in prison without parole. But a federal case and decision is unfolding. You've walked through the grieving. Let's walk through a little bit of the legal uh, aspects of this that have unfolded in the past year, and it's been significant. You've been at, at these key moments. Uh, I've seen you there. I've questioned you at these events. Um, do you have a feeling on what you would like to see happen on the federal side of this case? Well, I think on the state side of the case, uh, the state exacted the maximum penalty on this individual, life in prison without parole. Uh, at the federal level, uh, the federal government could impose the death penalty and I believe, not singling out this one individual, but I think for those that knowingly commit mass murder, uh, that uh, commit these terrible crimes of taking other people's lives like this, there should be the death penalty. If you could sit face to face with the individual responsible, would you have words for him? Uh, I wouldn't want to sit face to face with the individual responsible. Um, uh, I would not share any of my precious time or energy with that individual. I will say this though, for an 18 year old young man to take other people's lives in this way and to sacrifice their own life in this way is just a horrible tragedy. Final words for Buffalo. Um, we're going to, you know, the calendar will turn to May 15th. We're going to move on, um, but we won't forget. And what are your words for this community? We are stronger together. And when we work together in times of tragedy, uh, in times of challenge, we can accomplish anything as a community, as a unified people. 
So as Damar Hamlin said in my State of the City video a few days ago, let's keep fighting, let's keep praying, let's keep loving, let's stay together, Buffalo and Western New York, and build the kind of community that we all want to live in. In our next episode... When you think about this anniversary, yes. where is the pain right now? Where, what's the level of pain, do you think, a year later? I think there's still pain. I think people in their own way are still grieving. A community activist, leader, and columnist sits down with WBEN's Susan Rose. From the WBEN.com newsroom, this is a special podcast series 514 Remembered. Sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 